Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Angela, what's going on, friend? Hey, how are you doing? How am I doing? Well, we were talking about a little bit before. I am doing pretty good. My energy is a little, it's kind of in the middle where I'm, I could probably take a nap. However, in general, life is, life is really good. And this conversation is only going to make it even better because I know that what we're going to, whatever we're generating here is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. How about yourself? I uh, woke up with some low grade levels of anxiety, mm-hmm. like decision making that has been running through my head from yesterday and things that I'm just thinking about in terms of life and how I might want to change some of the things that I'm doing. Mm. But I feel like this anxiety is here for me to learn something about myself and mm. take different actions. So I'm inviting it to be here and for me to listen to it. And I feel okay about it. Mm. And I'm excited about this <laughs> to see what comes out of uh, our discussion today. Yeah. So you mentioned two things I think is great. First is one, you went straight into acknowledging your anxiety, but also that you're in a shift. Are mm-hmm. you, are you kind of like pointing at the anxiety as a product of this shift or is, are they kind of like separate? What is, how is that? I would say that both. So um, the disharmonious relationship that I'm feeling to my external environment is causing me to have anxiety. Mm. So that comes from actions that I took, which is pointing at something that I really need to change, which Mm. is honestly like my level of commitment to all of these different things that I'm a part of. And it's something that I go back and forth on a lot. And so I make progress and then I doubt myself and then I make progress and I continue to evolve my understanding and my expectations of myself. And so I think right now it's kind of a mix of both that like I'm recognizing that the anxiety that I had around making the decision and post is a part of me creating a new transitional change. So I'm paying attention and I'm listening and I'm trying to just um, find the truth out of what I'm experiencing so that I can move forward into that more aligned vibration of who I am. And all, like the key is to always be in that, like that beautiful flow of like allowance and surrendering versus like striving and trying to make something happen and feeling that anxiety and the discomfort. Discomfort is good, but like in discomfort over a prolonged amount of time can really be um, just, it pushes you off track. It pushes me off track. Mm. I mean, especially if it's, you know, ever relating to like stress hormones and things like that, like our body can only sustain so much until it, you know, you, you tax the adrenals and you, you tax the, the various organs. And at some point your body's just like, bro, you're about to be taking a fat ass extended nap if you don't slow the hell down. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what is this, what is this shift? You're, you're, you're pointing at an anxiety and a shift, the anxiety possibly correlated with this shift. What is this shift that's going on? So for me, it's about decision-making and deciding um, mm-hmm. how I make, how I feel a sense of responsibility towards the things that I choose to engage with. Um, I feel like this sense of responsibility is something that is like, almost divine. It's almost like that kind of, um, righteousness kind of responsibility that like, I care so, so much about the things that I engage with. And I am so intentional usually about the things I do engage with that. Um, it feels like it, it just feels extreme sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it needs to be a little bit less extreme because of the amount of energy that I, feel and in the negative in the reverse um when i don't do something within like the expectations that i have of myself for this responsibility so i guess so the shift that i'm going through is reevaluating the expectations i have of myself um and how i engage within all of those spheres so Mm -hmm. it's like looking at um you know what is the truth of what i'm required to do what is the truth of um, of what I actually need and what others need. So in some circumstances, like I just need to delegate and I need to be more communicative about what I expect from other people and about creating expectation, shared expectations versus me feeling responsible for all the things and, um, other people depending upon me because I've not let them have uh, some of this responsibility by delegating or by sharing knowledge or by empowering them to make choice themselves. Hmm. So do you, cause I think I can relate to what you're saying in that, like there's a tendency to, to like bear this weight of the world in the shoulders. Like I have this mission, I have this movement, I have this thing that I'm up to and yeah. almost in a sense, because it feels like, our baby or this idea that we are really birthing in a way that we take full responsibility and it can be difficult because we, we balance between or we bounce between, at least I know that I do is having difficulty setting boundaries, not only with ourselves, with the people around us in terms of how we're investing our time and where our time is going and knowing when it's just time to like throw up your arms, say, Jesus, take the wheel. Like I need some support on this right now. Like me trying to do this all on my own is driving me madly insane. I'm becoming very self-deprecating. My thoughts are really just not having a fun time with themselves. It's becoming difficult to sit with myself. And now I'm more likely to throw my practices out the door. And I'm supposed to be this person who is, you know, in empowering or inspiring people to live their best life, but I'm getting lost in the the doingness for this thing outside of myself. So I like lose myself in that journey. I know that was a lot, but yeah, but I mean, summarizing it from the like basic end to the extreme, you, you got it. Like that's totally how it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So what are you, what are you birthing? What am I birthing? Um, Mrs. Consciousness Developer, by the way, I think it's a brilliant title that you're running by. Yeah. And for me, that it also stems from um, like my awareness of myself and my own consciousness, which can Mm -hmm. be a reflection of what I experience in the world. Um, And for everybody, you know, we're all at different stages of our own development and consciousness. And I think that 
my experiences certainly can lend well to be a reflection for somebody else. So um, I'm constantly in the process of developing my own consciousness. And I think we all are, um, but I do it very intentionally. Um, mm -hmm. And I like to hold a lot of awareness around it. So I would say that what I'm birthing now is, and what I've been in the process of birthing is like creating clarity around what my boundaries are again, um, mm. so that I can communicate them better always. Um, because like, that's what this discomfort is here to teach me. It's saying like, okay, well, I'm not experiencing this in a way that feels good for me. Mm -hmm. I change my actions and behaviors and invite other people into sharing this or taking responsibility themselves and also maybe opening up communication for them to voice something that they're feeling. Like when I voice some communication about feeling a sense of responsibility for something that I needed help with, someone else voiced to me like, yeah, this feels really disorganized and I would like to see X and Y added into this. And so my voicing of my own discomfort allowed there to be more clarity coming in for what people wanted to receive and, and experience themselves. Mm. So that was really like an amazing start to this. And I think that it can be taken another step further, especially because the organization that I'm thinking about um, is, is and needs to work on like collaboration and communication at the core. And I think probably any organization that we're with or any kind of like thing that involves us with other people those have to be the core is like, is communicating and uh, understanding boundaries mm. and coming together to collaborate and finding ways to get organized, collaborate and communicate more efficiently. Hmm. You know, that's not, that is organizations, that is business, but that is just like life. I mean, yeah. by nature, the, the only way we can effectively without using the word communicate, the only way that we can really share any kind of message is to use these communication skills. And uh, I actually had one of my coaches, she shared something. She said, there's, there's two major breakdowns in communication. The first is the information that is needing to be expressed or shared is not expressed. Mm. And the second is that the, in, the information that was communicated was misinterpreted. Yeah. And <clears throat> there communication and boundaries are so fundamental. I mean, think about whether it's inside of an organization all the way to, you know, intimate to intimate relationship. If you're you know dating somebody all the way to your families, when, when any of the parties are unsure about where the line is, there are no, as I, as I kind of play with, there's no rules to the game when there's no rules to the game. It's just meant for chaos. That's not, although some people might say, Oh, well, I like to flow. I like to have no, no rules, no boundaries. Like no flow is a product of structure. It is yeah. the very definition that baseball functions because there are rules to play by. There's, there's boundaries. There isn't out of bounds for a reason. Otherwise you could just hit a home run in any direction there. That wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't work. It defeats the purpose of, of the game. So to, to really make those known oddly enough, setting boundaries creates freedom because now you can function within the realm of those. And when you don't, which I think it's personal responsibility when we don't communicate what we need, uh, if, you know, if you're like me, it's usually because I am afraid of how the person might receive it or mm -hmm. if I'm going to communicate it effectively mm -hmm. or will I be understood? Will I infringe on their feelings? But as long as that isn't managed, then truth is withheld. The, you know, if we're going to take it into energy and throat chakra, it gets built up and then 
that manifests over manifests, whether it's resentment or, or frustration or physically a strep or something else, like you or probably this anxiety that I've been feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Talk more about that. I mean, <laughs> it's the blockage of energy, right? It's mm-hmm. like there's an energy that wants to be moving, but I'm feeling this tension and that like inner tension is that energy that wants to be expelled in some way. So mm-hmm. like I need to find a flow and that, that structure is those boundaries. And you're so right. I'd like to think about a river when um, I think about this, like you have to have the walls and the bed of the river in order for the river to flow. Hmm. You don't have like a current, you don't have a direction. Um, and that has to have like a flow of energy. So right now I have some amount of energy that's looking for a direction to flow, but the current structures that I have in place aren't allowing that energy to flow, which is giving me anxiety, which means that I need to find a new system of structure through which I can flow my energy, which means I just have to uncover what are those structures? What is the boundary or the structure that I want to create? And how can I invite others into this to support it? Hmm. And how can I do it myself? So what I'm thinking about now is, um, I actually wrote it down here. Um, I, what I did was I took down all the things that I'm spending my time doing. Yeah. And I wrote down of an evaluator. So like something that is like my value that I'm defining it against. So am I making money from it? Is it bringing me joy? Hmm. Um, and the things that I'm making money from, I choose that I want to keep in, in my life or like, you know, if those don't add me, um, add to me any joy, then maybe that's something I need to like reevaluate and switch. Um, and then there are things that I just do for volunteer, um, work that have that both it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of not fun. Um, and how can I create so like, how can I create more fun with it or eliminate the things that aren't really fun? Hmm. And, um, I'm, what I'm going to write down, which I haven't done yet is to write down my belief about that experience of the tension that I'm having. What is the belief I have that is creating this tension? So, um, then take that and compare it to what is the reality of this experience and see where, where the differences are between my beliefs and, and the reality. And that can help me understand where my expectations might need to change or if there's an action that I can take to realign myself. My brain trailed for a second. However, I think I got everything that you were saying, but it almost seemed like your experience was being filtered by whether or not you're dealing with reality or you're dealing with your belief about reality. And I mean, beliefs are thoughts. Thoughts can change, right? Yeah. So reality and our beliefs aren't always the same. Mm -hmm. Sometimes by just writing down what our beliefs are about the situations and then saying, is this reality? We can find something that's not really true about the situation or something that is true that we're just not seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that a lot of of the distress that we experience in life is often a byproduct of not dealing with reality Mm -hmm. and and how we 
what we say about reality, right? So like we have an exchange, words are said, and then we leave. And then my brain is all in chaos running around and like a bunch of kids in a kindergarten classroom, just raising hell. And, and I make meaning, I make a belief, a perception that, oh, this must be, maybe, maybe love is gone or, or maybe, uh, you know, it was, it was her fault or something like something is made meaning versus just like we had an exchange and we didn't see eye to eye and there's something for us to, you know, walk away and to get settled. But a lot of times we inter- we interact with things based off of how we relate to them. Mm-hmm. and being able to distinguish, like you said, oh, this is how I'm relating to this thing. And does it empower my overall intention or does it disempower my intention? And this is tough because it's it, when we're in a more balanced state, it's easy to make an empowered choice and decision. Like I know that I probably shouldn't eat ice cream at, you know, this late at night, but when it's so late in the day and I've expelled so much of my energy, it becomes difficult to make a good decision being able to make good decisions when we're in those uh, states is tough, but those are the times, especially when we need to stop, slow down and be with ourselves. Otherwise we end up trying to, to run away from that pain and that ice cream seemed like, you know, it was just a, it was just, um, what's the word? A harmless choice was really trying to, to cover up something that's like deep down. It's like this pain that hasn't been resonated or it hasn't been dealt with. So we, we just kind of, you know, fill the hole and keep running. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, you can just, you can take the, like what the concept of what is my belief around this and what is the reality? So like my belief with ice cream, eating it really late is that if I eat ice cream really late, it's going to be really bad for my health. I'm going to, um, (laughs) I don't know. What is the belief? What is your belief around uh, ice cream, eating it really late? Well, in general, I've just, I've started shifting my relationship to having sugar late at night or in general, just sugar or processed sugar because of my understanding of the impact on the body and how it's, uh, far more detrimental than it is beneficial for that temporary short experience of goodness. Okay. So then the belief is that eating sugar is bad for me this late. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, yeah, that, that probably is, uh, the right uh the reality of this mm-hmm. so now between your belief and the reality like what choice does it empower you to make well if those are aligned i would imagine that the choice would be to not eat it mm-hmm. however if my belief was oh sugar's no big deal why not then i'd probably be likely to lean into eating the ice cream i would imagine yeah or like for me a belief could be it's hard for me to eat or prepare a meal for myself when it's at this stage of the night, or I'm in this stage of my mental unwinding (laughs) (laughs) and I just need to eat something. So even if it's like two scoops of this ice cream, it's something, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's just like a random example. Yeah. But it is that way though, in in terms of, in terms of where we're at in our, what would you call that? I don't know if it would be considered emotional well-being, but let's just say our, our energy levels. When mm-hmm. our, If we think of it on a spectrum and one end is completely depleted, it's like a battery. On yeah. one end, the battery is completely dead and the other end is completely charged. And if you've gotten a good night's sleep, then sleeping will fill up the battery. Eating certain types of food will fill up the battery. 
uh, exercise can fill up the battery. There are certain things you can do to fill up your battery. And then there's certain things that deplete your battery, you know, going for an extensive run or even eating certain foods, uh, interactions with people that are, you know, draw from you, uh, being able to have that awareness of one state. If yeah. I'm 20 or 30% battery or even 10% battery, I'm more likely to choose that ice cream than I am to, you know, to sit down and make, you know, at least like a half decent meal. Yeah. Oh man, that was my lunch today. <laughs> like I want to make healthy food choices and I made a really good choice for my breakfast. But by the time that I was ready to eat lunch, I did not have the energy or the time to cook the broccoli that I have that is going to go bad. Mm. So instead I ate some leftover mac and cheese and that wouldn't have been the best choice for me for my health, but it was the best choice that I need to make for that moment in time mm. uh, because of the ease of convenience of time and where I was energetically, mentally, like, ah, uh, it needed to, something needed to go in my body fast. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause that points to me about the importance of like having structure in place that takes the guesswork out because Definitely. It's like you said, it's easy to make a good decision at the beginning of the day. Hence, like in this example of food, you know, prepping your your meals, you know, seems like a really great idea because then you take the guesswork out. However, how it looks in real life in, in other scenarios, say, I don't know, what would be a good analogy in this case? Something's not coming to me. But anyway, point is that being able to set ourselves up with with almost like cues that keep us from doing that because you can get into the habit of doing that. I'd imagine like, Oh, okay. It's just dinner time. And I'm always tired at this time of the day. And I'm just going to keep eating whatever is available. And convenience is so nice when it's nine, 10, 11 PM and you just want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to be an, an enlightened guru floating on top of space and just manifesting all of this quantum brilliance when all you're thinking about is damn, I'd really love to get some sleep right now. Yeah, for sure. Or you're just so hungry that you can't even like prepare yourself the food that you need to nourish your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. How do you suppose outside of the obvious in terms of the food analogy, how do you suppose that we can more consistently make better decisions with limited resources energetically? This is definitely slowing down. I Mm. think we, I heard somebody talk about this yesterday that, um, and I'm still kind of chewing on this mentally. So forgive me if I can't explain it totally, but that people who are constantly running around and filling up their time and kind of being distracted are, it's almost compulsive. And I've noticed that for myself as well. Like it can become a compulsive behavior because they don't know how to slow down or because slowing down is moving them into a completely different energy that they're just not ready to be at. Um, Hmm. And that's an interesting point because I know for myself too, like I feel like there are so many things that I want to do, but why do I want to do some of those things? And it's to get me into a vibrational state um, or what I would call like a mental state for some people um, where I feel ready to do that thing. But sometimes, um, being that moment, like of being where you feel ready to do the thing never really comes. 
um, especially when we're so busy running ourselves around that we kind of almost miss it and we miss ourselves. And so in any time when we're not really lining up with ourselves, I think the most important thing we can do is just to completely like stop and slow down. And I think that's what the coronavirus is doing on a massive global population scale. You know, um, it's causing us all to slow down and reevaluate and realign ourselves with our priorities um, rather than continue to run around at the pace that we have, feeling like eventually we'll be ready to do the thing that we've been saying that we want to do or mm. that we want to experience. And that's tough because Definitely. for some people, some people, life is going on is normal. Mm-hmm. For, for others, it seems like this is the worst possible thing that can happen. And you would think that, you know, we're so preoccupied. I'm, I'm so used to my, my getting up, going to work, going to work out, maybe having a dinner, going to sleep and then wake up and do it again. You give people this time and it, it can like, you have to be with yourself. You have to sit with yourself. You have to slow down. And it's like, we've been conditioned to be this way. To, oh, yeah. to constantly be in a state of moving all the time. And yeah. I think what it has either intentionally or unintentionally done is it's made a lot of people face themselves and realize that, you know, when we're defined by our accolades and how busy our calendar is and going, going, going all the time. When we're defined by that, you know, all, all is well, but when that's stripped away, who am I? What's, what's important to me? And it, uh, for me, Corona has given me more time to, to look at the bigger questions. What, what am I here really to do? What is important that I make priority because as you pointed out, you know, there's so many things that are pulling at our attention at any point in time. What is my most authentic truth and expression of that truth? Because, you know, we're always learning and we can always look back in hindsight and say, yeah, you know, like I learned from that, but I'd much rather get the lesson earlier on than later. And that lesson being, oh yeah, like this is, this is definitely what I wanted to pursue. I don't want to wait till 20 years later and, and realize you know what, I probably could have worked a little bit less on that job or that project that really didn't matter to me whatsoever. And I convinced myself that that was what was important and it was to pay the bills, put food on the table, whatever it was. But if, if I'm just playing with this, you know, idea, if, if we only got one at bat, I would hope that maybe this epidemic gives gives people a perspective that allows them to come out of the tunnel vision into this larger expanded vision take a deep breath and say oh wow there's a lot of life that i've been missing out on and to maybe make a choice from there absolutely i hope so too and i mean that's totally been my experience for myself too in this time of not having to go be with other people and be around other people, be engaged with other people. Even if I am still, I've been still working full time Monday through Friday, (laughs) you know, during this, but I still, at least in, in the social interaction part, I'm coming back to myself in a large way and Mm. starting to re-engage some of my own 
hobbies and my relationship with myself, like really ironing out the things that I want for myself. And I mean, I haven't done art in a really long time and I'm starting to pull out my art stuff again and I'm starting to go play outside. And that's, there's so many things that I kind of missed about myself that I'm Mm -hmm. starting to get and I'm starting to get back. And I feel that way. Like, I feel like, wow, I've been missing out on my own life. And, and it just like, and instead of feeling like sad about it, I just feel this deep well of love in my heart for all of the things that I love that I'm now getting to do. And also this kind of like protective fear that I don't want to give it up. And that's a lot of also what I'm feeling with this time thing about how I'm spending my time. Because as one thing you know, becomes more active, I'm starting to lose some of that time that I've suddenly been given back to myself. And how am I going to, when life settles down again, how am I going to change my decisions so that I can still have this connection that I have to myself? That is so, so, so important. It's more important than my connection to other people because however my relationship is with myself is the relationship that I'm going to project out into my environment. Preach. So like, how do I maintain this and not get distracted? How do I change my decisions now um, to set myself up for what I want to experience moving forward? That's what I'm thinking about. (sighs) I hear that. I feel that on a deeper level and I've been, I've been in a similar place because for me, life, I'm one of the people that life didn't change a whole lot Mm -hmm. uh, in that uh, I'm still working technically Monday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anything, what it showed me is when I, when I look at some people and they're like, I have nothing to do. And all I'm going to do is, you know, some people it's like watching TV. Some is going for bike rides. Some is going to the beach or whatever it looks like for them. What it showed me is that, damn, I want more time with myself. Now, don't get me wrong. What I, one of my biggest cravings is I want to fucking cuddle and like be with my people and, and hold them and, and, and like spend time with them. Like I've definitely dearly missed that. But one thing that became super present was the disconnectedness that I felt from my own heart and my own being and my own essence. Cause I, I do relate to myself as, as being, uh, of, to some degree of, uh, a greater consciousness of a, of a divinity, some, some piece of it or, uh, offspring, so to speak. <clears throat> and I don't feel that when I'm as go, 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 do, do, do. Cause I get so caught up in the go, 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 do, do, do. I forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. The very thing that animates this thing that I call wolf this, this body, this, that moves all the phalanges. I think is what these things are called. it's uh i relate everything you're saying because what i kept what i keep saying is damn all i want more than anything is just like a week where i have no responsibilities to anybody but myself and it's been tough for me because i've been in this space where i'm like i want to go and like i want to help people and serve this medicine of truth and help people find their truth but what i find is that this is the hard this is the hard part for me is feeling that selfishness or being like oh i'm being selfish but just as you said, you have to be able to put the oxygen mask on yourself in order to be able to put the oxygen mask on someone else. Otherwise you're passed out and you have no means, you have no way to do that. And 
in a society or in a world where we really, you know, we, we revere people like Martin Luther King Jr. Jr. and the, the Dalai Lama and Gandhi, people who like really led these massive movements and really important figures. I think that there's something to be said about there needing to be a movement for people from a place of love and respect, taking care of intending to themselves. Cause when we take care of ourselves more effectively, then we don't need to pull from the resources of others as much. And matter of fact, we can now pour out into yeah. those who, who are really needing that support. So I, I battle between those worlds, but I'm, I think it's so great that you, and I hope that many people are taking this opportunity and prayers to myself that we take the opportunity to, to tune out all the extra chatter and tune into the, the chatter that's, you know, really for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To listen, I think is really what it is. Cause even our bodies are the bodies that are living, you know, our vibrational attunement, to that which is giving it life and our bodies are constantly communicating to us and if we can just even tune into what our bodies are telling us we can learn a lot more about ourselves that we might not consciously be aware of hmm. how do we do that um i mean that's why i love what's happening right now with the the tension that i'm experiencing like i'm feeling if i'm i'm feeling discomfort okay tune it all out and focus on the sensations that are coming up. Okay. So where is the discomfort in my body? Okay. Well, I'm feeling something in my stomach in my lower back. Maybe I'm having like a headache or my heart feels a little bit heavier, constricted. Like it's harder for me to breathe. (laughs) Me yesterday. You know? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what is that telling me? And just allowing that sensation to kind of have room to be, to express, to expand, to unravel by just literally listening to our body, by feeling it, just like keep putting our attention into our body and into those parts of ourselves that are feeling discomfort. And sometimes you'd be surprised. A lot of times something will come up if you put your attention there and you might realize like, Oh, wow. Um, I'm clenching my stomach because of like something else that's going on or I'm clenching my heart because I'm afraid to express this thing. Or I feel like I didn't, I'm, I'm feeling hurt by something that somebody said, or like not feeling like I have the space and the safety to express, you know, and then we can use the correspondences to our physical body, to Chinese medicine, to chakras, to all of these um, different really ancient wisdoms that we've been using for centuries uh, to help us learn more about ourselves. Like the spleen, I'm pretty sure it's like on your uh, left side of your body, like just in your rib cage, it has something to do with freedom. And like for me, and it's so interesting, if you study meridian lines too, there are different points in our body um, that connect to other points in our bodies where you'll be able to track like down to your foot a uh, some twisted knot that goes all the way up through your leg and then to your spleen and then up through your back and then to like the back part of your neck. And, and that's all connected to one energy line of sensation around something that you're feeling. Um, where like, say I'm not experiencing enough freedom in my life. I'm having now suddenly lower back pains on one part of my body that connects to my shin that connects to my like 
to my foot that connects to my shoulder. It's, it's like your body, your body is a roadmap to your unconscious. And we can learn more about ourselves through accessing our body's knowledge by just mm. listening to it and feeling it. Now, is that, does that all make sense? That all makes, yeah, no, my low back is right now. It's just like, yep, she's talking. I'm listening. That's see what she's saying. My body's like, yeah, you hear that, bro? I've been trying to tell you and you had to listen to somebody else say it. Now you're going to listen to me, right? (laughs) Do. Okay. So listening, I got that. So for people like me who jump into the the category of like analytical and it's just like, all right, how am I going to do this? Show me how, cause like, you know, I, I, the common answer is, you know, meditation, stillness, you know, tune into your breath and things like that. But as a, as a practice, is that what you, you lean into it? Is it meditation or are there other practices that you know that are extremely helpful for this? Because conceptually this, this is all up in my ballpark, but I know that for some people it's like, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah. I listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to my body. There's a simple way you can start and you don't have to be a yogi in order to do this, but just stretch, start stretching. Like mm. that will show you where in your body you're tight and where you need to like maybe open up. So if your back hurts and you feel that, like look up on Google, what's a, a stretch that I can do for my lower back and just breathe within the stretches that you're experiencing and you'll see how your body unravels and where the the tension will go to next. Mm. Um, it's really interesting. Something I learned, um, back at earth skills gathering in February, if you haven't gone, I highly recommend it. Earth Um, skills, never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. It's a week of educational classes, um, that teach you real skills for, um, just life surviving. Um, some of it's, a little bit more primitive. Like you can learn how to make like, uh, hides and clothing out of hides, or you can just do like plant walks and learn about the like naturally growing plants that you can consume or use for medicine. Um, and one of the classes that I took was about, um, was about relieving pain in your body and Mm -hmm. how, um, a lot of, a lot of practices teach you to like exercise or to, um, do something that, that actually aggravates the muscle. Um, whereas in order to relieve pain, uh, in your body, this person taught us to put yourself into an even more comfortable position to allow that muscle to completely relax. And I really, really like that. And I think that that's something that we can all do for this kind of pain, um, is like listening and finding a place where we feel really comfortable and then augmenting that position of comfort so that our bodies can fully relax. Mm. So like if you're sitting all day, like you want to pay attention to releasing the somas, um, which is this lower, the lower back part of your back. (laughs) Um, it's like right in the middle of your lower back. And, um, you can simply do that by just laying down on the ground and putting your feet up at like a 90 degree angle. And Mm. that relieves a lot of the pain and tension. From the psoas? But, yeah. Understood. So, in essence, the listening is tuning into the the feelings and sensations in the body and following the tension and then choosing to add in stretching as a, as, a, as a baseline practice to help the body to alleviate what is being physically, what is occurring is physical, probably energetic, emotional. Yeah. Uh, Joe Dispenza, I'm not sure if you've, you've uh, paid attention to his work, but he, his whole coin term is, uh, emotion, uh, emotion is emotion is energy in motion and energy comes through 
energy comes wherever it comes through. And then when it gets trapped in the body, it, it balls up and then it shows up as tightness shows up as depression shows up as anxiety. And it's when we allow these emotions to be expressed, uh, John Amaral, he's an energy somatic healer, really, really brilliant. He's out in California. Um, he said that, uh, emotion can get trapped in the body and it's through movement and through sound that it can be released and sent back to its original, uh, creative spot. So what was designed with good intent gets not expressed. It gets held. It's like, going to scream and you can't let the the bellows of your cries out and then it you know manifests as like i said sore throat strep or something like that but it's your body's way of physically manifesting saying hey wake up pay attention to me yes exactly and that's why i said like going back to the very first thing i said like i welcome the anxiety that i'm feeling today because it is teaching me something about myself that i can do to like shift my vibration to shift my actions into something that's healthier Hmm. I love it. So what is your truth? That's like a really big open statement. Um, I know. Wow. Okay. My truth about myself, my truth about the world, my truth about people. What popped in your head when I said it? Um, What I thought of immediately was like, what are my core beliefs? Hmm. Um. And my core beliefs are really about what I believe is true about reality and about my choice as a human in this reality. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that I believe that humans are divine co-creators filled with limitless potential um, beyond our current understanding. I believe that every person is here for a reason designed to be here exactly as they are and that there is something beyond their current understanding that they are here for Mm. and that if they're lucky, they get to experience that. Um, Maybe not lucky. Lucky is kind of like a broad word. but if they if they truly are intentional and earnest in their heart and pursuits, um, that they can experience an absolutely incredible life that they are well deserving of. I think it's everybody has the ability to experience that as well, and it's about tuning ourselves and doing the work to attune ourselves um, to to be in, to be in that state. Cause it's really about a state of being more than about what we accomplish or what we experience. It's about living within a state of being. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I think that human expression is glorious in its authenticity. And the key is in its authenticity because I think there can be like really absolutely disgusting things that people do that seem disgusting sometimes, or maybe just aggravating or frustrating, um, or the, you know, absolutely stunningly beautiful, but somehow leave something to be desired when this all comes from an inauthentic nature. But when we operate from a place of radical authenticity, like 
that place of vulnerability, that place of inner truth for each of us, there is nothing more beautiful or glorious than seeing someone rawly expressing who they are, like in the most pure sense. And that to me, that is glory of God living in, ex- in the expression of a person. Because in my, in my experience of, and you can say God, spirit, whatever, like the divine intelligence that created each one with all of the like infinite, <laughs> with all the infinite probabilities of us even possibly being here right now, living even beyond, you know, birth and viruses and all the things that could have possibly happened to us that could kill us at any moment in time. Like we are still here in this moment now and everything that we're doing, we're still here. We're still here. And that to me gives like such an infinite amount of meaning and significance to, to the lives that we live. And then further than that, like the probability of you being exactly who you are and all of those choices, creating some kind of consciousness of who you identify yourself to be is also deeply significant and so like in some way just giving as much credit to each person for being who they are and for recognizing that that is perfect and beautiful and not that we don't have anywhere to go or any way to improve but like whoever you are and whatever you're experiencing is perfect for you now Mm -hmm. And when you can express and be from that place in any moment, you are expressing a glorious, uh, your glorious right. That is what God gave you of life. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of all generalized. Is that pretty clear though? <laughs> no, I think that you do know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to undermine anything you said. Cause I think it's brilliant and That to me all all points at the original thing that I, you know, I hope for all people is that it's, it's in essence re it's like remembering, remembering how amazing we truly are. And when you, you see a brand new baby, fresh, fresh out the womb, we just got his fresh wans, you know, it's getting its first round of milk and there's nothing but love. There's something about the magic of a, a child that brings out joy and happiness and love within people. And I think there's something about it's, it's being, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not taking the, the, the baby and comparing how far it can shot put a large ball. We're not comparing how many accolades it's achieved as a, as an Olympic sprinter. We're not, you know, checking it's, it's last year's and quarterly revenue and sales and gross and net. We're not, checking to see if it's taken out the garbage or if it hasn't, if it's done the dishes, if it hasn't, if it, you know, how well it's maintained its car. Like there aren't all these like measures, these arbitrary measures of what it is to be that thing. They, they are just, they just are. It's like, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the way, you know, we, we throw these beliefs and we say you wear these types of clothes and you're going to go to this school and these are your friends and these are the school. And this is, uh, you know, if you're fortunate to even have those things, uh, cause you know, obviously it's not like that for every, every, uh, everyone who's born, but there aren't, there aren't all these assumptions and presumptions as to what this is supposed to be. And we begin to lose our identity as that, eternal essence of this 
I just, I relate to as being perfect. I think we come into this world perfect. And it's like this, oh, you know, there's no such thing as perfection. It's like, I think we come in this world perfect. There, there, there was nothing wrong with us when we came. We came exactly as we were designed to be created. And along the way, we we forget our our essence. And it's like this journey of unraveling and remembering. You said it's like, you know, raising our consciousness. It's almost this like we come in all all is well. And then we, you know, we go through life and we do the the doing. And then it, towards the end of life, if you know, if we're lucky, we start to head back more into the being because we realize that there, you know, we start to slow down again. We're slow in the beginning because tolerant getting no damn where. And then you get older and then you know the, the doing starts to slow down. You start to get back in your being. And it's it's so tough and terrifying. And that's why I think it's great that you shared that and why I think that it's great that this this movement that we're we're sharing about truth is so important because it's terrifying to be oneself, to be that vulnerable, authentic expression because that wasn't taught in schools. That wasn't what we were taught to, to emanate and, and to share with the world. But so many of us are walking around with, with straight jackets on. And, and not only is it limiting our, you know, our expression physically, but also emotionally and, and mentally and spiritually, it's our, the, the vastness of our spirit isn't allowed to, to flail its arms and to have fun and be silly and play. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. That's totally how I felt too. Um, I felt like I had put myself into a box so that I could be acceptable for others. And a part of like what I'm in the, in my journey doing is unraveling that and taking off that straitjacket that, that I put on myself and learning to just create that acceptance and that space of compassion I call it compassionate dignity around myself because like when I, when I can hold that space for myself then I can hold it for others. Compassionate dignity. I feel like this is pointing at something and it terrifies me, but it keeps pointing at the importance of it always coming back to ourself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. But it's like, that's, but that's selfish. It's so shitty and selfish. Oh, we got to get rid of that. See, the thing that like we attribute is like, and this is what happens when we in the conscious community talk about ego, like the ego is, is now is like condemned in some parts of spirituality, but it is not, it is so beautiful. Like it is this, this thing on the ego is a part of our identity. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, we have two parts of our identity. We have individuality and then we have the personality. And the personality is that negative part of the ego. It's the masks that we wear in order to feel acceptable, the boxes that we put ourselves in versus the individuality, which is the raw elements of who we are that give expression to us as beings. You know, um, like personality of, of not really being charming, but doing it as a force of manipulation. Person, individuality of... Um, being lovingly expressive and that becomes your charm. You know, there are so many different ways that we confuse and abstract the ego into making it out to be something that it's not. And also like the selfishness of the ego versus uh, consideration of other people. Like there's not, it's not so black and white with everything. Like this whole world is, is gray. Mm. And that's tough because it would, 
you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's selfish to, to take care of oneself. And, you know, we should really lean more towards selflessness, but is it ego that told us that? Like, is it, is it, is it really selfless or is the ego's way of saying, oh, you really need to do that because if you don't do that, then you won't be liked. And what we deeply fear at a primitive level is not being liked, loved and accepted. We're tribal in nature. We, we thrive off of the people around us. I mean, that's just, you know, it's like they say, like one of the worst things that you can put, like even worse than being in a jail cell is solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People go mad. Absolutely insane. You know, especially if you're not you know, like a Tibetan monk sitting up in a temple for obscene hours of the day, like really going in and just like, huh, just really just getting your ohm on like solitary confinement, put someone in, put, put someone in, in pitch black for you know extended period of time and start losing their minds and lose your mind come to your senses but when we don't have everything in our known environment people places things to associate with it's as if the the layers of the onion begin to peel themselves back and we see that the the selfishness is where we begin to to really you said get to that, 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 um, not the personality, but the, um, individuality. individuality. And then that's what gets, that's what gets expressed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's totally an onion. <laughs> or I like to think about it too, as like the gem within where we're covered with all of these layers of, of hardened sediment <laughs> that becomes a personality that we put around ourselves in order for, to be protected, you know, yeah, it's total survival. Yeah. Um, but really there's like this beautiful shining illum- illuminating, uh, core, you know, that we all try to get to. And it, and a lot of us sometimes do, like, there are a lot of moments of pure expression that I think that we see ourselves or we experience ourselves fully. Um, those can be really incredible moments. Yeah. Hmm. What's a moment when you, when you saw yourself? And you had that, because I, 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 you know, when you've had that moment when, when it's like, it's like you're meeting yourself for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of moments when I felt lost, um, while I was going around in my, in my early twenties and feeling this like yearning, this deep desire for something. But what I didn't realize was that desire was the desire to know myself, the desire to like really understand and experience myself. And through these different experiences, finding myself as I like rode the edges of my comfort zone to discover who I truly was. And I could say like two moments within the last year that like really hit home for me. I think like, honestly, a lot of my last year of 2019 was, were moments of discovery where I rode the edges of my comfort zone, trying new things and finding out who I really was, um, and seeing myself fully. Um, one time was when I was leading a leadership conference. I had done that kind of in high school, not in a college. And I stepped away from that and fell into severe amounts of self-doubt right after college. Um, And it led me down to layers of depression because I wasn't living truly to myself and I wasn't allowing myself to be courageous and, and be myself. Um, and 
coming back and doing this leadership conference was me seeing myself again as the new fully like who I am now version of myself and feeling as strong as a mountain. I was leading like an entire conference for 173 people. And that was riveting to me. I felt so comfortable standing on stage and delivering messages and holding the presence and the energy and the intentionality of the way I was leading this four day seminar. It was absolutely amazing. And then another moment for me to recognize myself was actually the day that I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, which was also on the same day that my mother figure died. So in one way, I felt like the safety net of my mother figure. She was, she was my best friend's mom, but she also basically raised me. Um, when she died, I felt like that safety net was gone and that everything that she taught me, everything that she stood for was now something that I had to uphold as who I am. And I, at the same time, I had to take courage to take a, a really courageous move to free myself from an unhealthy relationship. And when I felt the safety net was gone and in that day of sitting with that grief and also creating courage within my own heart to be that security for myself and stepping forward and leaning in with love and like, and, and having compassion in that experience, I saw myself in a way that I never, ever thought I could be. And that was like this compassionate warrior that I could lean into pain so deeply and I could lean into discomfort so deeply while still holding so much love and courage um, for myself and for others in that situation. On that day, I was like astounded to see who I was becoming. Life's test will show us who we really are, won't it? Sometimes it takes getting brought to your knees to see the world with, with fresh eyes and take on the world newly. I think it's brilliant that you're, you're able to take that and, and alchemize what, you know, for some would be a really difficult experience. One, to lose someone that you so dearly love and to also at the same time have to end a relationship at the same time. Like, you know, one of those that I dearly loved. One of those would knock many of us out. Yeah. And it's, those are the times, especially that is hard to have to make you know, compassion to make love, to make self-acceptance and, and to honor ourselves. Those are the hardest times. Those are the times when you want to ball up with a fat ass bucket of popcorn, kill a couple of series on Netflix, you know, go and grab that, that chocolate ice cream that we just said that we needed to stop eating. You grab that same tub, you just put it away. And you just, <laughs> you get the call, you get the text, you, you know, you have all the things and you're like, I'm going to go grab that, that tub of ice cream again. Like you, you get all the things like that's, that's what we will crawl up in a ball, cry. Like, you know, those are the things that we want to lean into, but to like show up, like makeup, just like running down face and like tears streaming and just be like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this. And to come out the other end of it, that, that is the majesty of 
of a heart that won't be stopped. Yeah. And that to me was the starting point of recognizing my own ability and the fact that I am only 26 and still going and just getting started. Just getting started. Thinking about that makes me think like, whoa, what, what am I capable of? When this is where I thought my limit was, I keep pushing beyond that. And it's almost addictive. <laughs> it's pain. It like, you know how some people like get tattoos and they love it for the pain and they love like having that, like almost like a badge of honor. Like it's like at some point vulnerability becomes a high, even though it's painful because I'm like digging in so deeply into my heart to pull, to pull out these parts of myself to only allow my vessel to be that much deeper and to fill myself up that much more. And like, every time I do it, every time I go deeper, I want it. I want to go back. I want to keep doing it. I just want to like, keep cleaning my vessel out so that I can be filled that much more every time. Hmm. Like that, that is what I, I used the river emotion before, but like emotion is like a river. It's a current that's flowing. And sometimes it cuts in order to make new paths. But the amount that we are willing to let ourselves be cut is the amount that we can be filled that much more every time. Hmm. And I like to think of myself as a well. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like in that well, like I'm feeling something for days, churning through some kind of emotion. And I'm not ready to come out of my well. I'm not ready to unearth that thing because I'm processing it because I'm going through something even deeper. And, uh, and then when it, when that golden nugget really does come out, it's like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn, you know, nugget. I've had so many of those actually during this time. So good. Mm. What's been a big nugget? Um, the biggest one for me, and I wrote it down. So I can maybe say it. It's probably not as good as how I felt it was when I said it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's probably equally as good, if not better. <laughs> um, so I said that I was a well a lot. Um, I feel I experience myself as a well sometimes. And that usually like being around other people is it helps me to reflect and to process and to be able to express myself. Mm -hmm. And I was finding that, I was having a hard time creating that expression within myself first. And I realized that I needed to learn how to engage myself in expression without other people. Um, mm. It's like not being influenced by external, it, you know, what is it? Would you relate it to like the, the validation of external sources? Um even more than validation, it's like the, it's the engagement part. It's mm. like doing something with myself that triggers creation versus just needing another person to have a conversation or to go do something with, or to like, go get that experience. Um, you know, like there's something that is within all of us that wants to express itself. Mm. 
And what ways do we allow that expression to happen? Sometimes a lot of people don't even allow that expression to come out unless they're actively engaged with another person, in which case they would share it or something would happen and they feel that come that expression come out. Um, but there is like always something within us that wants to be expressed. And sometimes we do it through writing, through art, through playing music, through gardening, through working out, through whatever it is. But um, And it can sometimes even just be play, you know? Um, But do we play with ourselves? I mean, some people who are really good at being alone are really good at just engaging themselves and creating by themselves and thinking on their own. And oftentimes the like, the more extroverted person has a hard time engaging themselves. Um, and especially mm. specifically for creatively expressing myself, I wasn't doing art. I wasn't playing music. I was waiting for other people to go and have that experience when, and when I tried to sit down and go do it myself, I was having a hard time. And so part of this like process has been like sitting through that discomfort of getting engaged in a practice Hmm. and finding myself in the practice. Now that, that is a playful concept. Because I know for a fact, there are many activities that I am less prone to do unless I have someone to do it with me, which I never related to that necessarily being a bad thing. Like for example, I'm going to go and I'm going to work out after this podcast. I'm always more motivated when I have somebody there with me just to have someone to like kind of shoot energy back and forth to. Mm-hmm. But there is also there's something to be said about a, a healthy relationship and interaction with self and activities that we can do with ourselves that we can still generate. I think as you're pointing at like creativity and, and that enjoyment for me, that's become uh, movement. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I've gotten into play as movement and movement as play and as it pertains to like animal locomotion and and capoeira and uh, mixing in calisthenics and yoga and Budokan, like taking all of these various arts and and playing with them. And I realized that although I was playing, I was playing as a function of doing, not as a function of being. Mm -hmm. And it is in the being that the creativity became capable, became really capable and possible because I can do movement but I had a really brilliant experience with a buddy yesterday. We were doing virtual movement together and I told him, I was like, man, I'm getting like a little bit bored, like with my practice, like I do a lot of the same things. And what he got me to see was that I hadn't been making, I hadn't genuinely made the time to, you know, I I structure everything, but like structure in play, like the structure and okay, let's, let's explore. Let's, let's really tune into like I was you know, mostly like rolling around on the ground on the grass. Like what is, what are you, what is your hand doing in relationship to your leg and your hips as you're, as you're swinging your arms in various directions and your legs are dragging across the ground. And, and in that moment I had a full, even though I was interacting with him, I had a loss of time. The mm-hmm. only thing that kept me in the, in the time was that it was getting dark. I was like, Oh, it's, it's fucking dark out here. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go. But that, was something that I got to lose myself in. I find myself even like, I know like I, I read cause I know that I, I, I really, I, I enjoy the content, but sometimes I'm like, okay, like I need to get the reading done so I can get to like my work. Cause my work is what's important, but I'm still being called back. I feel like, and I think a lot of us are is being called back to self yeah. being, being called back to, to sit with self and, you know, like 
I think like so many of us do as kids, we, we can, we can imagine and we can play and we can be creative and, and tap into whatever that energy is that create, that is creativity. And for me, I felt disconnected from it. And I think that being disconnected from that from so long just becomes like daunting. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, it's like a muscle too, to be mm-hmm. able to like tap into that kind of that part of our brain or that part of our, whatever it is. Um, and that's why I was talking about, like, you got to find yourself in the practice because we have to exercise that muscle in order for it to come out and to start like expressing itself. If I, if I want to express myself through music, I'm not going to be able to just like sit down and artfully demonstrate what I'm feeling until I spend the time with the instrument, learn it, spend the time with myself, you know, feel it. (laughs) I have to find myself in the practice of whatever I'm doing, whether it's art or movement or uh, music or writing or whatever, whatever. Mm. You gotta come back home. Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. She pulled out the fire. I hope that some of you see the video of this cause not everyone's going to, but she has, you have these cute little, what do you call them? Uh, emoji kind of paper icons that I use. Yes, she has a fire and a heart emoji, and she held up the fire emoji and the thumbs up. Now we need a star. You are the star in the sky, young one. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting concept that you just talked about is home. I've been talking to a lot of people about what it means to be home embodied. Hmm. And what is home embodied? I think home embodied is that sense of like love, presence, acceptance, um, safety, um, allowance, like being open to whatever is happening and to be outside of judgment and just to be like in the experience. And like ready, like you're engaged and focused and energized and just there. And I, it's like this connection. And honestly, I feel like it's like home and bodies is also connection to divine within. Would you say it's like <clears throat> the ultimate expression of with presence with what you're doing? Sure. Yeah presence yeah ultimate expression of presence in a way that which also incorporates like like the feeling of presence as well mm-hmm. hmm. so like the the relationship that i have to the word flow because they, they've done like extensive research on and how you know full fully embodied flow is uh mm-hmm. a space of you've you've basically lost sense of time space your body and you essentially become no no person and no place and no time, and that's when peak experiences and emotions and everything. You're you're so all of your mental faculties are in the thing that you're doing, mm-hmm. and it's like this very elusive experience. But it is something that can be cultivated with mindful intent. Yes, which is something I have admittedly not mastered 
it was very hit or miss movement as a, is, is the closest that I get with that, that and, and podcasting. I find that when I really get into a conversation minus, mm-hmm. you know, some little things like I, it's easy for me to just like drop in and I'm just like, Oh wow. I just had like, you know, an hour and a half long conversation. That was, that was a lot of fun, but it's like, yeah. you find more of those opportunities. Yeah. What does flow look like you for you? Um, I get into flow depending on where I am, what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I definitely say like getting into a good conversation, being in the presence of somebody else that I love is, is like the deepest part of flow. That that's the flow where we're co-creating flow. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. Um, and I think there's a flow when you're jamming with other musicians, that's Hmm. really too. Um, I think I said art already, but yeah, definitely physical movement. Like if I'm in, there's a flow that I can get into doing yoga, washing dishes, um, like anything almost I can find myself in the flow. Really? Mm. Sometimes I, I experience the flow state all day. That's the best days when I'm just like in that place and I'm just like gliding through life and it just feels so fluid. That to me is like, is prime. That is what my goal is in my life is just to be all the time state. Yeah. Mm. I find that that's most accessible for me when I'm around my people, as I call it, like my tribe, the pack it's because there's, there's, um, there's something about when we're, when we're self-conscious and we're worried about, you know, how we're being perceived that drops us more into the, to the flesh mm-hmm. than it does in, into the, into spirit, so to speak. And when you're with people who just like see you as you are for your truth and love you exactly as that, yeah. that is when the shackles fall off and we're just like, Oh, like, look at me. You just, you know, just get the, yeah. free. Yeah. My friend Manny once said, it's like we give walking permission slips to each other or we are walking permission slips. Permission slips. And I love that. that. Be yourself and to be like any and all parts of you at all times. Hmm. Not what it all about. What it all about. That's what it all about. (laughs) There there it is. Non-English speaking and all. (laughs) So running back to your, your, in my own words, you can definitely kind of capitalize on this if I don't hit it fully on the nose, but uh, your intention, so to speak, with the work that you do. And ultimately I kind of conceptualize as people really realizing, acknowledging and being able to live into this, to their highest divine expression. What is one, what is one thing we've, we've talked about, you know, a variety of things, but what is one thing that somebody can take tangibly away from this and say, okay, as a practice, I'm going to take this on. Cause I really am ready to take, I'm ready to take myself on. I'm ready to come home. I'm tired of, of half cooked, half baked, just kind of meandering through life. I'm ready to come back home. I'm ready to take myself on and really experience what I am is when I say I am to the fullest, but fullest, you know, extent, how does, how can we begin to work towards that? I think to try on every day, the feeling of unconditional grace and 
understand what that means to you. But to me, unconditional grace is this mercy beyond understanding. It's love, it's peace, it's acceptance, it's surrender, it's release, it's forgiveness. You know, um, we spend so much time creating justifications for ourselves or thinking about the value and the meaning and the significance and this and that and comparisons and, and right and wrong. And grace kind of just puts a warm blanket over all of that and says, it's okay. It's okay. Everything is okie dokie. I'm going to make that into a t-shirt. <laughs> Everything is okie dokie. Yep. <laughs> Houses are around. They're just burning down to the ground. Tornadoes sweeping everything up off the ground. There's an epidemic that's that's occurring. There's no food on the shelves. And your boy ran out of TP to wipe his ass. But it's okay. It's okie dokie. It's all well. It's okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that. Sign me up. I'm down. I'm yeah. wearing an okie dokie t-shirt. <laughs> Right on. Yeah. So yeah. being able to, in the face of all of the helter skelterness, being able to just be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not and not to turn a blind eye to it. To really, you know, kind of really pin that it's running away. the The odd thing about running away is that although we think we're running away, we're asking for more of it, and and it just gets the, the scream get the the whisper turns into a shout. Yeah. Into a piercing roar. Mm-hmm. And it sounds more like what you're saying is that grace blanket is is saying, it's okay. I'm okay. We are okay. We're going to be okay amongst everything that's going on. We'll get to this together. And okie dokie. Everything is okie dokie. It's all okay. I love yeah. it. I can deal with this thing today. I can get through this. Like, I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be but it's probably way beyond my perception of understanding that I think I can let it go Hmm. it's all okay it's all okay my people it's all okay (laughs) (laughs) if if people are wanting to be all okay and be all okie dokie and get connected with you what is a good way for them to do so uh definitely connect with me on instagram that's probably going to be the place where I'm most responsive or you can connect with me on facebook but Instagram. <laughs> These will all be listed, but uh, yes. sweet. At consciousness developer. You hear that, people? We are developing consciousness out here. If you are with <laughs> it, we are down to get okie dokie. Yes. <laughs> fire. Hashtag okie dokie. Yes, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Angela, well, thank you so much for being here. Asked, yeah. It's been a hell of a lot of fun and I look forward. I'm sure we will definitely be doing another podcast soon. Who knows? Maybe the next time the the world circumstances will be a little bit differently. And uh, I think there's something to be said about, you know, although we've been experiencing anxiety, depression, waking up, feeling like meh, that it's in a way that maybe, you know, who knows, maybe we're shedding, maybe we're, we're all shedding layers where we're all coming a little bit more back home. And, you know, sometimes when you come back home, like you're, fucking dishes are full of your, your sink is full of dishes and, mm-hmm. and your toilet has spontaneously overflowed. And the, for some reason there's more laundry than there is, you know, there's more laundry than there is uh, enough 
washers and dryers and an entire laundromat to, to deal with. And for some reason, someone decided to take every single silverware that you have and throw in different directions in the house and you have a busted in mirror. But despite that, you still come back home. You say, damn, this is home. But you know what? It's okie dokie. We'll be okay. We'll figure it out. You know, everything's okie dokie. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. And <clears throat> for those of you who are listening, thank you for your time, for your energy. Mm-hmm. Go out there and figure out your okie dokie life. Get in touch with Angela. She has much more to share. And uh, as always, uh, I hope and, and send energy for you that you will find, follow, and live your truth and continue to follow the wolf within you. Hi. thank you so much for listening in if you got value out of this message we would love it if you subscribed and shared it with your tribe so we can continue to share this message and this medicine with people all over the world much love and peace be with you